tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Take a quick look at your smartphone, your tablet, or your watch. What time is it right now? Do you think you know? Well, guess what? You don't. What time is it right now? And what time is it in this part of the world or that part of the world at this moment? Time is the one thing that every country around the globe, friend or enemy, even countries at war, must agree about. As it turns out, keeping the correct time, knowing the correct time, is far more difficult than you can ever imagine. But keeping time and keeping it accurately affects everything in our world, from washing machines and cell phones to toilets, movies. Maintaining what's known as the correct time interval is vital. It defines frequency. From your AM radio, your FM radio, the TV, television broadcast, uh, the digital telephone network, the cell phone network, the, right on up to the GPS uh, broadcast. That, of course, is Chicago with their 1969 smash hit, Does Anybody Really Know What Time It Is? And the answer to that question is no. No one really knows precisely what time it is. I'm Kim Commando, host of the nation's largest radio show about everything digital. Personally, I've always wondered about time, and I wanted to get some answers to my questions. So I went to some folks who know just about all there is about time. These are the people of the United States National Institute of Standards and Technology. They are the official timekeepers of the United States of America, and to some extent, the world. HelloFresh helps you prepare healthy, delicious meals at home in under 30 minutes by delivering easy-to-follow recipes direct to your doorstep. Start today and get $20 off plus free shipping at HelloFresh.com slash Kim. My name is John Lowe. I am a group leader for the Time and Frequency Services Group. In a way, despite what Kim Kardashian might think, John is one of the most important people in the world, even though you've probably never heard of him. His job is to help define time itself. John then spreads that definition across the country and around the world. John's job is an intense full-time one. Of course, he's not the only one doing it. There are so-called timekeepers, much like John, in major countries around the world. And although none of them completely agree with the other, their differences are minor in the trillions of a second. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but imagine what would happen if our global time measurements weren't standardized, if each country or in each city ran on its own time. Here's an example. Do you remember brownouts? That's when the lights in your house dim. They don't go out. They just produce less light. And what was happening there was the 
individual power plants that were located all over the world, all over the country in grid form, they would be out of sync. One of them would be slightly out of phase with the next one, and so in certain pockets of their delivery, those lights would actually go dim. Individual power plants located all around the country fell out of sync. That's why you had less light. All the power coming into your home is called AC power. That stands for alternating current. The most simplest explanation, the power is pulsing 60 times a second. Every power plant, every part of the power grid must be pulsing in exact synchronization with itself. If not, the quality of the power quickly deteriorates. And to keep North America exactly in sync, you need near-perfect time measurements. And it's been a long road to standardized time. Accurate timekeeping began in earnest with the British Royal Navy. Ships at sea needed the most accurate time possible for navigation purposes. You see, they navigated by the stars, and the navigators based their location on where the stars were located in the sky. Okay, are you ready? What was the trick? Well, they knew where the stars were supposed to be at a certain time and at a certain date. So in looking at the night sky, then checking the ship's clock, they figured out their location. But if the ship's clock is inaccurate, neither is the ship's location. So it makes sense. This is what happened with the Isles of Scilly shipwreck of 1707. Four ships and over 1,300 men were lost because the ship's clock was wrong and the ship was closer to land than they thought. While the empire was up in arms, King Charles II demanded better. And from that came the British Royal Observatory at Greenwich, just outside London proper. Boy, if you haven't been there, you ought to take some time and visit. I have, it's truly amazing. The observatory measured the location of the stars with unprecedented accuracy. Every day at noon, the observatory's cannon fired. And all the ships within miles synchronized their clocks. And eventually, so did the railroad stations. Every big old-fashioned station had a big old-fashioned pendulum clock. The clocks were big because big mechanical clocks with long pendulums ran more accurately. See, there's a little fun fact for you. Railroad conductors would synchronize their pocket watches at each rail stop, and then the trains ran on time. By the way, the United States Navy built its own observatory in Washington, D.C. The Naval Observatory, it's still there, and it's still keeping and measuring time for the U.S. Navy. With the arrival of telegraph lines running from the Atlantic to the Pacific, things got even more accurate. One single telegraph operator now had the ability to send a fairly precise time signal and synchronize all the clocks at all the telegraph and railway stations all at once. But average folks like us, we were still on our own. Until the coming of radio broadcasting. Radio quickly began broadcasting exact time signals. In fact, back over at the U.S. Naval Observatory, the U.S. government began operation of radio station WWV. Its only purpose was to transmit very accurate time signals on short wave. WWV lives on today, transmitting from Fort Collins, Colorado, along with its sister station, WWVH. 
Can you guess what the H stands for? You got it. It's located in Kauai, Hawaii. The time signals are precise. Ask them and they will even calculate how many millionths of a second it takes for their time signal to leave their transmitter and get to your location. But for everyday use, you don't really need all this because you have a cell phone. The time on your cell phone is very, very accurate. But you might remember when cell phones first arrived, there were a ton of dropped calls. It was the same old problem. Cell phone towers weren't synced up to each other. As one tower site tried to transfer your call to the other, the timing was off and the call was dropped. Normally when you were traveling, if you were in your car and that handshake when they were trying to pass you off from one cellular tower to the next cellular tower, you actually would lose connection. And the problem was, same kind of issue as the power plant, synchronization. This cell tower over here did not have the same level of frequency accuracy as the next one over. They're slightly out of sync. And so when the telecommunications process tried to pass you from one tower to the next, cellular phone call got dropped. The GPS satellite needs exact time too to tell you precisely where you're located. Your car's GPS receiver picks up four or more satellites to determine where you're located. It's the ultra-slight difference in the time that each satellite signal is received that allows the GPS to compute your exact location. But then you may ask, where do all these super accurate systems get their time? Oh, you know the answer, atomic clocks incredibly accurate clocks installed in every cell phone tower at radio station WWV at the Naval Observatory in Washington, D.C., in Greenwich, England at the British Royal Observatory and a few hundred other places around the globe. And they're all synced very, very precisely, allowing cell phones to jump from one tower to the next without missing a single beat. And then there's the power companies to make and transfer vast amounts of power. Your car's GPS to show you how to get to the nearest gas station, to guide either Queen Mary or the USS Enterprise and the nation's truckers and the airlines that will take you on vacation or your next business trip. And the list goes on. Atomic clocks also monitor the radioactive isotope, cesium. Just that frequency until the atom absorbs the energy and you lock onto that frequency and now that frequency becomes your timepiece. Now the beauty of that is, is that no matter who makes the clock or how many of them you make, if you lock onto that spectral line of absorption, it's always the same. Okay, did you get all that? Don't worry, I didn't either. But basically, what it all means is we pretty much know what time is. Almost. The big question among time scientists today is, what exactly is a second? I mean, exactly how long is it? One second. And that's the problem that's been haunting humankind since, well, since forever. In ancient times, it was hard enough to decide what a year was. The ancient Phoenicians tried to define the second when they created the first calendar. They devised it with 360 days. Um, they had six months and, and six, 60 days in each month, which made 360 days. Well, we still use that to this day. Uh, in, our, in our division of the circle, we still divide the circle up in 360 degrees. And you can tell that it's a time thing. Nobody makes, usually thinks about this. But you can tell that it's a time thing because of the way you, you then break up the degrees. There's 60 minutes in each degree and then another 60 seconds for each minute. 
So it's a it's a it's a division of the circle based on time, based on a calendar. It's actually amazing when you think about it. Our modern day definition of a second, what everything in today's 21st century world is based on, was actually created centuries ago. Commando on Demand is brought to you in part by our friends at Dreamstime, the world's largest stock photo and video community. The right image anywhere, anytime. Download current images and videos today for only 20 cents each or for free. Visit Dreamstime.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-S-T-I-M-E. Dreamstime.com. The Phoenicians based their calendar on the circle and the cosmos. Today's calendar, not so much. The reason, the ancient Egyptians. They're the ones who like the number 12 so much. So if you keep telling yourself there aren't enough hours in the day, just blame them. They also made 12 hours of daylight and 12 hours of evening. Thus, that's how we derived our 24-hour clock. Um, so they had the calendar for, geez, for over 4,000 years. And they kept the calendar in sync not by worrying about what day it is as much as they would wait till the Nile rose to a certain point. They actually had a, a, a mark on the Nile there in, in, the, in the main capital. And when the river rose to that point, that's the beginning of the year, and then they would start counting off the days. If there were extra days left at the end of the year, they just called them festival party time, which was a great idea, and it kept the calendar in sync. Okay, that's an interesting concept. A few days left at the end of the year. Don't worry about it. Stay home and join family, friends, and have a festival. Wait a minute. That's Christmas, isn't it? Well, almost. I don't think that's what the ancient Egyptians had in mind. Most people don't know this, but religion actually plays a major role in our modern-day calendar. You see, this happened after the Romans tweaked the way we track days and nights. The Romans discovered that the Egyptian calendar wasn't in sync with the cosmos. So they took what the Egyptians did and made it better. Consider it calendar 2.0. This new Roman version had 12 hours of daylight, 12 hours of night, and a 24-hour clock. Plus, the year had 365 days. Kind of like the calendar we know today, except for one big difference. They actually put a leap day in. This is where the leap day came in. So they had a 365-day year, and every four years you'd throw in a leap day. And they put it at the end of their calendar year in February. Um, most people don't realize that March was the very first month of the year in the old calendar. And it makes sense if you think of some of the names of our calendar. Um, uh, October, for instance. Oct. Octagon. It should be our eighth month of the year. And it used to be. December, Dec, should be the tenth month of the year. And it used to be. The Romans thought they solved the world's time problem by adding a leap day. But they were wrong. This new calendar is off by one day every 120 years. And who'd notice that? Oh, Pope Gregory did in 1582. That's who. And I'll tell you how. After 16 centuries of enjoying the Roman calendar, Easter, designed as a spring celebration, kept on slipping further and further and further into winter. So the Easter Bunny kept freezing his cottontail off. So they created the Gregorian calendar, named after, you got it, Pope Gregory. In 1582, had to drop 10 days from the calendar. And so you went to bed on October 4th, you woke up on October 14th, and they made a new rule. And the rule is that, uh, yes, we have a leap day every four years. 
However, those years ending in 00 that are not divisible by 400 will not have a leap day. So that's a very quirky kind of rule. rule. But what it amounts to is things that are not divisible by 400 um, don't have a leap day. So the year 1800 didn't have a leap day. 1900 didn't have a leap day. Year 2000 did. But the year 2100, 2200, 2300 will not, 2400 will. Another interesting aspect to the Gregorian calendar it was a Holy Roman Empire edict that not everyone followed. This includes England and the English colonies, including what we now consider the first 13 colonies of the United States. That makes life rough if you're trying to study history, because one part of the world uses one calendar and another part uses the other. But eventually, everyone agreed to get on the same page. George Washington um, was born, he was about 19 years old, 20 years old when the calendar changed. He was actually born February 11th in the old calendar, uh, but suddenly in the middle of you know his 20th year of life, his birthday got changed to February 22nd, a date that we still celebrate his birthday on. Well, actually, we put it on Monday now. But celebrate his birthday on February 22nd. Kind of a strange thing. And everybody, all his contemporaries, had the same event. Suddenly, you go to a new calendar and your birth date and everything gets shifted by 11 days. That must have been bizarre, going to bed one day and waking up the next 11 days gone. Yikes. It's hard to imagine that science played such a heavy role in how we did things centuries ago, but it did. And there was a reason behind everything, including why we have seven days a week. Think about it a little bit. We've learned that our calendar is based on a clock, but 365, the number of days in a year, is not divisible by seven. Can you figure out why? Well, let me tell you. They decided on seven because that was the number of visible moving objects in the sky. The sun, Sunday. The moon, moon day. Uh, Saturn, Saturday. So, and then all the other days of the week were, you know, Mars day, Mercury day, Jupiter day, Venus day. So that's how we got the names of the seven days of the week. And that's how we developed the calendar that we now use. So if they had a telescope, would there be a day named after Pluto? Probably. Modern day scientists are always trying to build on what they've discovered, but nothing's perfect. And that includes our calendar. I've told you about the rules for a leap year. It turns out even an extra day every four years still isn't good enough to get us back into syncing up with the cosmos. Periodically, we need what scientists are calling a leap second. Well, I think therein lies the problem. It's not so periodic. Uh, not like the leap day where we have definite rules and everybody knows it's coming on this particular year and on this particular date. The leap second is more done by astronomical observations. That opens up a whole nother can of worms. Remember those atomic clocks I told you about? Believe it or not, those clocks are more accurate than our solar system. You see, the Earth's rotation around its axis and around the sun is actually slowing down, but the atomic clocks aren't. So an organization, the International Earth Rotation Service, is a group of astronomers who observe when Earth is out of line with the calendar. Based on what they found, a leap second, an additional second, is needed to keep everything synced up. That second comes every two years or so. One second might not sound like that big of a deal, but adding it every few years still creates a little havoc. In fact, 
the last time it was done, Reddit was tossed off the internet and the computer system for Qantas Airlines was shut down, all because those companies' IT departments didn't take into account the extra second. But still, after all this, we come back to the fact that nobody really knows what time it is. And here's why. No matter how accurate they may be, all atomic clocks are not keeping the precise exact same time down to the billionth, trillionth of a second. Say out to the 20th decimal place. Why? They can't. In the first place, atomic clocks are not all precisely alike. And then things get really weird. As Albert Einstein predicted, time does not run equally at all places. Super accurate clocks actually experience very subtle differences of the very fabric of the universe, explained by Einstein's theory of relativity. See, I bet you didn't know we were going to be talking about that here. Clocks experience a gravitational warping from massive objects. Time itself, not just the clock, but time itself, slows down in stronger gravitational fields. The Earth, as you know, is an extremely massive object, causes clocks closer to its surface to actually run slower. This means an atomic clock on the first floor will run slower than the clock on the second floor. An atomic clock at 5,000 feet above sea level, say at radio station WWV in Fort Collins, Colorado, runs faster than its brother clock at the Greenwich Observatory near sea level in England. So whatever are we to do? At a nondescript house on the outskirts of Paris is located the Top Atomique, in English, that's the International Atomic Time Organization, or we like to say the TAI. The TAI arbitrates the world's time. More than 400 atomic clock reports their time to the TAI. The TAI then comes up with a number, and I mean the exact average time for all these clocks. The TAI then tells each clock operator how fast or how slow their clock was when it was reported. And each individual atomic clock is adjusted accordingly. So in short, we never know what time it really is. We only know how much our clock was off at a certain time in the past, and then we adjust for it. I'm Kim Commando, and hey, thanks for listening and learning more about time. And if you have some time, I invite you to listen to my radio show every week on over 400 radio stations across the country and around the globe on Armed Forces Radio. To find the station nearest you, head over to commando.com slash radio. That's K-O-M-A-N-D-O dot com slash radio. And if you want to find more podcasts like this, trust me, you're going to be all the smarter and better for it. Head over to commando.com slash podcasts. That's K-O-M-A-N-D-O dot com slash podcast. Thanks to Simply Safe, protecting your family is simple. Get 10% off at simplysafechem.com. That's simplysafechem.com. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
but if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.